Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the podcast of this week's One Life Left radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. And we're also joined by Alice. Hello again. Hello. Oh, hello for the first time, given that this is the intro. <laughs> What awful, what an awful introduction. Um, uh, Alice has joined us for the show. Thank you for that, Alice. Uh, you were excellent. Uh, I will. I, I have a new appreciation for horses. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> giving giving people new appreciation for horses and making everyone notice how badly implemented they are. You can't well, enjoy see, them anymore if you listen to. Them you got that to look forward to, listeners. Uh, it's a fun show today. Uh, what we didn't address, uh, that Steve did mention it towards the end of the show, is um, what Steve has got on his head. Now, uh, Steve um, records the show in the same room that he works and sleeps in. Um, but it's been evolving. Uh, there you go. There's a cat in there. He's showing us on the camera at the moment. It's, um, his his work and home space has been evolving over the years. Um, he's got, sorry, over the recent weeks and months, he's got a new computer. Um, he's got, got a Christmas tree. He's got a Christmas trees up a little bit early, I might add. Should be going up next weekend. Yeah, Don't you tell that because... to a three-year-old who wants to put a uh-huh. Christmas tree. Well, and um, you know, I think I think the good times have uh, have come to the current household uh, this year, and so you know, Steve's <laughs> Steve's bought himself a new set of headphones. Now, Alice, what do you think of Steve's headphones? Could you? How do you, would you describe them? They look like headphones to me. Um, well, sorry, and to be to be clear, this bit's not going out on the radio. So if you want to swear, you are able to, <laughs> because that is what I would do. So they look like normal headphones to you, do they? They're on the big side, but like I can't. I, I'm also wearing a bit big, big headset. <laughs> so I, well, Simon, not at all, not at all, Alice. Your headphones are perfectly proportioned. <laughs> Steve looks like his head is between the muscly thighs of a wrestler. <laughs> they are ridiculous. And and I imagine that they are a gamer brand of, of earphones, are they, Steve? They are not. And that's what, what? you What? Well, you can tell they're not a gamer brand of headphones because they don't have a mic, do they? Well, how are you speaking then? <laughs> Magic! <laughs> Um, what the hell are they? These are music production headphones. Um, they were on a uh, Black Friday sale. And I well, obviously, them. they had loads of them left. They must do. Yeah, because they're <laughs> massive. Uh, I bought them because, um, yeah, not uh, because these ones, the ones that you typically see me in. Lovely, lovely normal headphones. These were uh, <laughs> not normal headphones. These were ones that we bought, I think, for a fiver each. Uh, when we used to do One Life Left on the road uh, back in the day, right. I think we got like, yeah, four, okay. four sets of them, uh, and they're—they're—I don't know what the word is to describe it, but they're flaking. The material. Every time I would wear them, um, what would happen is I'd end up with little bits of black material around my ears for the rest of the day, or at least until someone would point that out, and that was getting embarrassing. Right. So I thought. Last Black Friday, now we have regained access to the One Life Left account, I would get some new headphones. What, you've you've spent the podcast money on those, have you? Yeah. Whoa! I didn't know I didn't realise we could do such a thing. Well, I have to say, if those wear down, you you will have thousands of years before you'll need to buy new headphones, given the size of them. (laughs) Well, you say you didn't realise we could do that. Imagine my surprise when I was combing Mm. through the One Life Left accounts in order Mm -hmm. to in order to um, submit them, because it was the very last mm-hmm. day we could do that. And I I found um, records pre-me taking them over. And there was a 
there was um there was a line there that was fifty nine ninety nine Simon Byron for Red Dead Redemption two. <laughs> I, what I need to do was appraise the horses. <laughs> Perfect preparation for this show makes absolutely. Indeed, sense. I did. I had my receipts. <laughs> I know it's uh, lucky that I I've managed that to find like one. That sounds like a very relevant well. uh, relevant investment. Mm. Sorry, you had to you had to hear this, Alice. I'm being pulled up on my abuse of expenses. <laughs> Anyway, um, on this, I don't know if it's these new very good headphones or if it's um, if it's something with you, but I've sensed an echo on your mic all show. Yeah, I've heard an echo as well. I hope that hasn't. Um, uh, I hope that's yeah. It's like you've got go reverb on, or you're broadcasting from very a cave. Would you wear those headphones on the tube? No, definitely not. <laughs> I would wear them inside this room, uh, and that's about it. But you do sound beautiful, both of you. So, audio quality is excellent. That's something. Indeed. Um, yes, good show. Not a lot to add. I was going to say something. I've totally forgotten it. Uh, so, should we, should we just crack on? Let's just crack on. Here's the show. Good morning or good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. Simon, I'm a little bit rattled this morning. There was oh. excitement in the <laughs> studio there, wasn't there? We didn't know what was going on. For many reasons. I mean, for a start, because of the time, uh, once again, we're recording in the morning. Do you want to explain why that is? I do. Uh, there is the uh, there's a football thing going on at the moment. It's called the World Cup, and England played the first uh, knockout game of the tournament. Their first knockout game of the tournament last night, when we normally record one life left. Now we got away with the show last week because we were we were both watching a football match that neither of us really cared about, <laughs> um, but we felt it was slightly too risky to try and do that whilst. Uh, England were competing in a knockout game, which they won. Football's coming home again. It's still coming home. Um, And so uh, we're through to play France. Thankfully, on Saturday, which is when we don't record One Life Left, so there's going to be no need to move the show next week. But, Steve, I've identified a bit of a problem. Okay, tell me more. So uh, we're through to the uh, quarterfinals of the World Cup. Now, our... Uh, final show of the year is next week. We're recording it on Sunday. Now, if we beat France, our last show will be on Sunday before we go through to the semis and potentially win it. How will people know if England win the World Cup or not? <laughs> we'll if have we've to not do got a special. show, we'll have we will have special. to do a show. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's exciting. So that's what we were doing. Hence, we find ourselves slightly fraught on a Monday morning I mean, you know, I I mentioned some of my family tensions uh, last week. They've not gone away, Steve. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, uh, this morning was a little more complicated than usual. So apologies. Well, I know we were trying to start. I saw you in your coat. I, I got it as soon as I could. As soon so, as I could. Um, people, you know, new uh, pickaxe listeners to the radio show who've joined us over the last year may not be familiar with what the show was like back when we were in the Resonance FM studio uh, pre-COVID, and sometimes it was quite fraught then, wasn't it? Like, uh, you know, when it was me, you, and uh, and Anne, we'd gather in the show, uh, gather in the studio, twenty minutes, half an hour before the show started. Feet and, up, yeah. We'd we'd relax, sort of smoking to that. Yeah, <laughs> it was different then, wasn't it? It was different. It was different. And, but you know, sometimes I'd arrive later than you guys, wouldn't I? And I'd stroll in as the theme was playing, whistling. You'd be sweating behind the desk because you didn't usually drive the desk, did you? Uh, you'd be wondering, what does this button do? How does this work? It was all a bit frantic. Uh, but you arrived plenty of time this morning. Sauntered in. Two minutes before the show started. Plenty of time. Almost too much time. In fact, you know, what I did, I was quite relaxed, but then I worked myself up. I get nervous, you know? <laughs> 
took off your uh, smoking jacket, hung it on the back of your gamer chair, and um, don't and you start we were... me on the gamer equipment, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were ready to go, weren't we? Except we weren't because something else happened, didn't it? So uh, we're on a roll with super special guests, and today's no exception. However, um, at nine o'clock, our guest wasn't here. <laughs> and we didn't know what to do. And then it was as if, as if, as if the door burst open. Well, I said to you, didn't I, Simon? I said, should we just start? Should we, should start? we do it? We don't know what to do. do. We don't know what the protocol is. Started the theme. And then there was a knock at the virtual door. And in came... Please welcome Alice. Hi, Alice. Hello. Hello. I'm so sorry for causing additional... Um, uh, last minute uh stress to you guys <laughs> it was exciting what because we because we had um we're, we're pretty light on uh, formality so there was very little by way of instructions you arrived during the theme and we were we were sort of desperately waving at you to say don't speak what did you think did you think we were in trouble because <laughs> we <laughs> no, no I, I i figured i figured that like okay i i, I got here in a little late and now it's already started and now i shouldn't talk over the the theme like that that's uh that you're a pro wow it's nice to be joined nice to be joined by a professional for once um alice Uh, you may have to turn up your mic a little bit can you do that is it possible um, because we haven't done any show pre-production at the moment that's a little better Um, better. i'm not actually sure if i can uh set the volume individually let me check output volume um this is already on max Alice, what have you been doing during lockdown? Have you used a, a headset and microphone before? What's going on? Never talked to someone ever. Um, no, no. There you go. That's much, no. That's that's much better. Definitely uh, better. I, ju- I just moved the thing closer to my mouth, so I will just okay. I'll just. Do I'm going to write that down um, as very important instructions. Can you move the thing nearer to your mouth? Uh, yes. Alice. Um, I didn't say your surname because I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. So you might want to introduce yourself properly. <laughs> My name is Alice Rupert. There we go. Um, glad yeah. I glad I skipped out on that one, <laughs> frankly. I, I've, I've heard various pronunciations for like Rupert or Rupert or whatever, but I, I don't mind because it's impossible to pronounce it correctly in English. It's like, it's, it's just not a, yeah, I'll, I'll take whatever. <laughs> and, and where are you from? I am from Switzerland. I meant specifically in a more sort of job sense, but Switzerland. Where works okay. too. Oh, sorry, I thought because we were talking about name, like the, the word <laughs> from. Um, no, uh, job-wise, I am currently coming from uh, Azure Interactive, uh, which is um, a game dev studio in Munich, Germany, that I've been working um, for for uh, about a year now. And you run a website called The Main Quest, don't I you? I do. Which yes. we're going to talk more about. Later in the show, but well, before we, well, it is before we move on to that. Though Switzerland are through to the football, <laughs> the, the, to the knockout stages of the football. Congratulations, Germany aren't. I, I, I have no idea. I do not oh. follow football whatsoever. Well, Simon will catch you up on their program. I, I, I was going to, I was going to make a joke about how will you know? <laughs> okay, fair no, enough. I'm, well, don't, I'm, don't worry about it because it's coming home. To, it's coming to our home. Okay, no, I actually um, it's like I'm I'm especially especially not following the World Cup this year because like you know my my partner told me like in a very serious matter a few weeks before like a few days before the World Cup started like we're boycotting it this year because of Qatar and um I just burst out laughing because we've never watched a football match together in our lives like we've been together for ten years and um so so like yes I'm definitely boycotting it over um human rights. Which is a very legit cause, and I'm not mocking it, but it is funny to me because we've never watched a, a single uh, World Cup game. Uh... Well, don't worry, Alice, because we won't be talking <laughs> about football at all. Uh, Good. Because of our localised boycott of the World Cup. Over the next 55 minutes, uh, we're going to be talking about video games, and that begins with the news in just a moment. We'll have One Life Left's Letters section in the middle of the show, reviews coming up at the end of the show. Uh, and we'll have a feature as well. But first, Simon, are you ready for the news? Let's do the news. Okay. Here is One Life Left's news. One Life Left. One Life Left. One Life Left. One Life Left. Video game news with Anne. 
7.09 on Monday evening, somewhere in the world. We're One Life Left and this is the news. All of our stories once again from videogameschronicle.com. Thank you for all the hard work you do. Uh, first story. A Spanish theme park is getting a roller coaster based on the Uncharted games. Port Adventure World in Tarragona, Tarragona will be opening the ride in 2023, according to a new announcement video published this week. Although no further information was given on the ride, a supporting tweet showed a compass emoji, presumably to depict Nathan Drake's adventuring, and a roller coaster emoji. Welcome to Uncharted at Port Adventure World. The tweet reads, new attraction, more emotions. <laughs> <laughs> a roller coaster is <laughs> already in development at Port Aventure, and photos of its development have been shared by the theme park Twitter news account Freak Planet. According to Hobby Consolas, this is an indoor roller coaster being built in the far west area of the theme park. This area has a Wild West theme with a Grand Canyon Rapids ride and other Western themed sculptures similar to Frontierland in Disneyland. It's therefore believed. Given how far along the ride's construction is, and given the scenery in the far west area, this roller coaster is likely to be the Uncharted ride. To technically be the first theme park attraction based on a PlayStation IP. Uh, uh, though the Ice Blast ride in the UK's Blackpool Pleasure Beach was known as PlayStation The Ride of 1997, <laughs> when it opened between 1997 and uh, 2002. Sorry, I struggled a little bit towards then. There we go. Exciting, isn't it? An Uncharted roller coaster. Well, it's exciting what? because it's, it's easy, isn't it? It's <laughs> cheap shots abound. Incredibly linear, mediocre highs and lows, and also the player expresses no control over the direction or the experience. It's perfect for Uncharted. It is perfect. And then once you've finished it, uh, in a few years' time, they'll give it a fresh lick of paint, call it re the Roller Coaster Remastered, and charge you more money for it. <laughs> I see you've been working on your cheap shots as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> pow, 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 pow. Say that, Sony. It's only Monday morning. Imagine what it's going to be like by Friday. Ooh. <laughs> Do you like roller coasters, Simon? I do like roller coasters, Steve. I uh, the most recent licensed roller coaster I went on was the King Kong Universal. It wasn't really a roller coaster actually. It was a um, uh, one of those ones you have to put three D glasses on. It's excellent. Uh, and then I went on the Jurassic Park uh, Velocir Coaster. That's what it's called. Imagine that the Velocir Coaster. It's not a word. And it is, and what it means is it's a roller coaster where you do lots of queuing through dinosaur models and uh, and then uh, you go through the uh, science lab and stuff goes wrong. Mm. And then quick, you have to get on the roller coaster. You don't go in particularly quickly. And what's interesting about this one, it's at Universal Studios, is it goes whizzing around. Um, I think there are, how do they describe them? There are like uh, 12 out-of-your-seat moments, so the sort of, you know, where you go over the crest of a hill or loop the loop. But this roller coaster, Steve, the Velocicoaster, halfway through, it suddenly goes faster. It's not because possible. of the dinosaurs. I know. You're whizzing <laughs> around, and then it all of a goes, great, I have to go even faster. And it's, yeah, it's good. Uh, so those are my those are my quick uh, licensed roller coaster reviews, seven out of ten. Alice, are you a fan of uh, licensed theme rides? Um, I just I, I just started thinking about that, like. I've never been on an, an actual themed ride like that because the only like the only theme park I have uh, in my general vicinity, and even that is like a a pretty big trip for us, is like the uh, Europa Park, which is just like the theme is just countries and individual country like European countries and their their like uh, some of their mythology. So like I've the only themed coasters I've been to are like. Um, the Nordic mythology themed Iceland coaster at Europa Park or the Mercedes-Benz themed ad coaster. <laughs> That's actually the best one in the park, but the theming is Well, Munich has the Oktoberfest every year, doesn't it? Now, I've been there uh, yes. where, where they erect temporary loop-the-loop -loop roller coasters in a field. Yes. It's it's arguably one of the most dangerous things I've ever seen. I've, um, been, on th I've been on that. Um, it it was after two large beers, so um, if that's dangerous, I didn't notice. Well, um, <laughs> no, but uh, they they. I was actually also quite impressed by like the the size of the coasters they put up, uh, considering they're temporary. Temporary. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I um. So I, no, I used to come not. to Munich, and I'm still alive. So <laughs> I, I, I used to come to Munich uh, fairly frequently years ago, and uh, we took some games journalists to 
the the Oktoberfest, and we went on some of those rides. Um, my memories of them are on the roller coaster. At least I lost my glasses, and um, the way that they handle that is that at the end of the uh, when they're sending everybody home, when the park closes, you're allowed to walk around the base of the roller coaster and look for glasses. I didn't find <laughs> mine. I didn't find mine, but I found someone else's, and so I wore those for the rest of the trip. I looked through. I saw through another oh, man's eyes. <laughs> Um, and the other thing I remember is uh, uh, we were taking games journalists and we'd had more than two large beers. And there was a ride um, that, uh, if I can describe it, it looked like a, if, you, if, you, if you try and make it like a spider with your hand, I'm showing you guys on the camera, but you sort of do that so that your, your fingers are dripping down. And uh, dripping down on each of your fingers, you put a circular um, uh, sort of array of seats and you put sort of six people around the base of each finger like that and then you just do that you shake it shake it shake it shake it you shake games journalists um one of them is sick uh during the ride as it spins no. yeah uh so that's my that's my memories of uh october fest seven out of ten <laughs> Striking Distance has further detailed its DLC plans for the Callisto Protocol. The studio has published a DLC roadmap revealing release dates or launch windows for content included in the game's season pass, as well as free updates for all players. On February the 7th, all players will receive free access to New Game Plus and Hardcore modes. In terms of premium season pass content, which is further detailed below the story, the Outer Way skin collection will also arrive on February the 7th. It will be followed by the Contagion Bundle in March, the Riot Bundle next spring, and new story content in the summer. Uh, so there we go. We talked about um, some of this last week, Steve. Where right. We yes, I was going to ask. This is, this is the one we talked about last week where it was additional death animations and people were outraged, weren't they? They were outraged. Um, uh, and yet, you know, that's not stopped them um, detailing some more content that's coming which i think is reasonably bold given the state that the game launched in this week uh, it came out uh on thursday last week thursday or friday um all reviews on steam are mixed um and i have to say that mixed is an improvement to what they were <laughs> when they launched um it launched with a host of problems uh that effectively according to some people rendered it unplayable on pc doesn't matter though you can get new premium content in spring well it also doesn't matter because all i know of this game is the puff piece that i read on bbc news online saying it was the scariest goriest video game of all time whoa what was what was previously the scariest goriest did they did they include that it's probably one of your roller coasters (laughs) (laughs) puff piece Mm, uh, i was very surprised to see out of nowhere just a piece um, on the front page of the BBC News website saying this video game that we'd already covered on One Life Left. Sorry, uh, keep up, BBC. Yeah. Do you uh, prefer your actual news then to have some warning? You mean... You're saying what, that you, you saw, saw a news story out of the blue? <laughs> <laughs> I do when it's, tra- <laughs> it's about a game as frightening as this, uh, at I least suppose, according to the BBC News website. Um, yeah, I didn't know anything about this game um, prior to... Prior to hearing about it on One Life Left, and now it's all over the place on the two major news sources I consume, (laughs) your news and uh, and the BBC. But what the the third piece of the puzzle I'm learning right now is that it shipped apparently unfinished. Is this true, sir? You spooked me there with that word, Steve. I thought this is going out before the watershed. Um, I thought you were describing its quality when you said it's shipped. (laughs) No, we have to be very, very careful with our... um, with our language, another thing that we weren't able to tell Alice before oh, the show yeah. started. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> Did you just do that again? When what? You, I, you have to be very careful. Uh, the way you said, watch it, I thought. Oh, okay. I, we, we've talked about this before. Dexter is beside himself during uh, the the uh, time of year where you exchange uh, gifts, and he particularly likes it when you're told to go and find those chocolate gifts uh, where they're hidden because he really does love an Easter egg hunt. And like particularly when his teachers say it. <laughs> Sounds like moments that are going to end up on TikTok to me. <laughs> Alice, have you played the uh, Callisto Protocol? 
No, I have not. I also I, I had to quickly Google it on the side to know even remotely what we're talking about. Okay. Um, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm bad at news. <laughs> well, um, just to update you, so the company that owns the Callisto Protocol, the game was so poorly received that their stock took a notable dip <gasps> on the Career Exchange on Friday, coinciding with the Callisto Protocol's release and reviews being published. Microsoft is reportedly expected to offer concessions to EU regulators soon in a bid to help push through its proposed Activision Blizzard acquisition. That's according to Reuters sources who said Microsoft's sweeteners would mainly consist of a 10-year licensing deal to PlayStation maker Sony. The future of the Call of Duty series as a multi-platform product is one of the key areas being examined by antitrust regulators scrutinising Microsoft's proposed $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Microsoft recently said it had offered Sony a deal that would see the Call of Duty's franchise remain on PlayStation for a decade. Sony, as the industry leader, says it's worried about Call of Duty, but we've said we're committed to making the game available uh, on the same day on both Xbox and PlayStation, a Microsoft spokesperson told Reuters. We want people to have more access to games, not less. So again, so there's a a few, there's a common theme with uh, this week's news, which is that we've heard it all before. And this story does (laughs) keep rumbling. What I particularly like about this one is like, hey, come on, guys. We've said we've said that we want we've said that we want this. No, we want more access. Not yes. We've said it's going to be available on all consoles for ten years. For ten years, though. Oh no, we want everybody to have it. You know, for ten years. Ten years. Um, yeah, they're in the stage of saying what they need to say in order to get this done, aren't they? Mm. And I am in the stage of having nothing more to say about Call of Duty. Like all this news story, um, which you know is going to be a struggle for this section, unless. Alice can add some insight. I, I feel like I'm being a disappointment in this section right now. No, I do not. I, sorry, I do not have um, the, the only the only thing the only commentary I have is that I saw someone quote like from from um, I'm not sure exactly what it was, um, but where micro uh, Microsoft sorry yeah, the not Microsoft it's our own publisher that's why I had that in my in my brain um, where Microsoft. No, where Blizzard argued that actually, no, actually, Call of Duty is super not relevant, and that's why the 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 value, like that's why the, the value is actually fine. Mm. And yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, there's there there was official like wording released from uh, Activision Blizzard explaining why Call of Duty isn't actually that great, and and that was fun. We don't even want it. <laughs> yeah, accidentally we're, bought it. Exactly. We're we're uh, buying it for Crash Bandicoot. Like, it, it, there's so many more cooler video games, you guys. Like, that's basically what it sounds like. You said you you know you're you're worried about your performance during this news section, Alice. But actually, unbeknownst to Simon, I asked Alice to find a news story, um, for the for the show, which is something we've never asked a guest. Whoa, to do guest before. news. Okay. Guest news. Uh, how many more news stories do you have, Simon? I've got two. Two more. Okay, let's do another one now. And then, Alice, you ready yourself to come in after that, okay? Okay. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. Hold on. The Game Awards creator Jeff Keighley has said that the upcoming show will be significantly shorter than last year's show due to feedback from viewers. The Game Awards 2022 will take place on Thursday, December the 8th, and ahead of the event, Keeley hosted one of his regular Twitter Spaces audio streams, where, wherein he revealed some details about the upcoming show. One thing we're doing this year is we're trying to make the show a little bit shorter, Keeley said. I won't say anything official until we're through our rehearsals, but we think it's going to be significantly shorter this year. Explaining the decision to shorten the runtime, Keeley said, we think there's been a little bit of fatigue about how long the show has been. There are lots of games and lots of things we want to be part of it, but we're cutting back on those things to hopefully have a bit more of a streamlined show. Keeley also claimed that there will be fewer big games as part of the show. We definitely have cut back pretty significantly in terms of the runtime on the show and just, you know, kind of fewer games, the bigger games that'll be in there. There you go. So that's it. So your feedback has reached uh, Jeff, Steve, because, you know, previously the Game Awards have run for a couple of weeks, haven't they, seemingly? Mm. Um, they start late at night. They're still going on when you wake up in the morning uh, and nobody can remember a thing that happened in about them apart from something to do with Hideo Kojima. I mean, that's one way of looking at it, Simon. The other way of looking at it is this. I think this is cowardice. 
Like, because oh. if we had listened to this kind of feedback over the last 17 years, how long <laughs> do you think One Life Left would be by now? It's a good point. Yeah, we'd be, uh, taking, we'd be taking into account some feedback and we won't be doing the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> be 30 seconds or so. Maybe the theme length. We'd be suitable for TikTok, wouldn't we? Alice, do you mm. watch the uh, Game Awards? Uh, I no, really. I, I I feel like I usually watch like highlight reels. If anything, if anything dumb happens, then I then I watch the the worst off uh, afterwards. Like if somebody goes on stage and sh- shouts a lot, that's happened a few times. I think. Um, I I don't have the I don't have the time or patience for like several hours of award shows. Yeah. So I just. Yeah. I think that's the that's take the that feedback, us. Jeff. It's <laughs> <laughs> cutting it down again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, usually I get the information on the Game Awards via Simon on on the radio show. Um, you're you're you do watch it though, don't you? You have to scan through it. It's part of your job. Me? Hmm. Just no. in case. What happens if you win one? Maybe you have won one. You know. Oh, we haven't we haven't paid any money to win anything, oh, Steve. There we go. Alice, are you ready for a new story? Um, yes, I, I hope this wasn't covered yet because it, it's it's a uh, okay. Here, uh, but the, the, the bit, go. the new snippet that I found and I thought was interesting and perhaps worth mentioning is that Pong turned fifty last week. Pong turned fifty. Yes, Pong, the video game um, uh, made by Atari back in uh, nineteen seventy-two. Um, it uh, turned fifty this uh, last week, and um, so that's exciting. Video games are old. old now. Alice, why did you choose this new story for a show you are recording with two old men? No, I don't know. No reason? Thought... You thought maybe we were there back at the launch? <laughs> Covered it maybe on One Life Left in the early days? <laughs> could have. We certainly could have been. Um, what, what's everybody's Pong memories then? Earliest Pong memories? Well, um, I remember using i don't think it was an official atari console we didn't have many of those in the uk did we but certainly some unlicensed version of a tele tennis machine plugged into uh, my tv in the early 80s i remember flicking one of those hardware switches to switch it between pong and football and hockey and basketball all of which were basically the same game weren't they was it a Binatone console? Mm, could have been, could have been, don't know. I think that, yeah, See, that, you were probably that, old that enough to read by that point. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we had those. That was the first video games we had in our house uh, many, 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 many years ago. And there was also Squash D where they added an extra wall. Don't forget <laughs> that. There were three, three walls. What about you, Alice? Um, I feel like I first played Pong. I think I had it on one of my first mobile phones, actually, which was like, I don't know one of the one like i think my first phone was the, the one of the first nokias with a color display so like i'm definitely too young to have had it as a home console with like uh no other games on it like my first home console was an n64 so um yeah generational gap right here um, no problem we're, we're here to educate you <laughs> oh thank you so much I, i've um, got nothing else to say on pong <laughs> no i um I, I've definitely played Pong. I really, I, I'm pretty sure I had it on my uh, on my phone. And since I had nothing else on my phone, I did spend a bunch of time playing Pong. I played I, it on the Atari 50th anniversary collection uh, last week for the show. Of course, uh, we reviewed it then, and I found it quite difficult. I don't know if that's if I was playing with a playing with a joypad rather than a, a trackball. Uh, but the bat was very very small. Maybe my eyes have got worse since then. Yeah. Have either of you played the um, the physical pong? That's the best version of pong I've played. I played it in a barcade in um, New what, York. Tennis. <laughs> no, it's um, it uses magnets and it's got a uh, you've got a physical uh, bat and the ball uh, and they're and they're moving across a, a physical surface. Uh. Um, Oh, it's excellent, excellent, and also difficult. I remember one of my earliest assignments with Edge was to go to a Dutch game show, and there were people there playing Pong with their minds. Shut up! You remember that? Very sci-fi. <laughs> You're just going to read, read a book. What's that you've got there, Simon? Oh, sure. What this old thing? Actually, um, this is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. So, Steve and I wrote a book with our friend David uh, many years ago. It's called Game On. 
From Pong to Oblivion, that dates it. The 50 greatest video games of all time. This one is signed by Nolan Bushnell. It says, <laughs> to Simon, keep playing. And he's done a little Pong. He's done a little Pong. Look at that. And, <laughs> you have to be careful with that sort of language when you're describing old men. You say that Nolan's done a little Pong. He's drawn, <laughs> he's drawn, he's drawn a little Pong on my book. I don't know why I asked him to sign a book I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what am I like? I know exactly uh, yeah. why you did it. <laughs> Finally, one go. of those books is valuable. Wonderful, son. <laughs> well done. Yes. All right. Do we have one more news story? Uh, we can do. Let's um, do it. It's brief. Okay. Todd Howard has re- revealed that Bethesda is currently working on an unannounced mobile game. In an interview with the Lex Fridman podcast, Howard said he is in love with the mystery project. While not revealing specific details about the game, Howard suggested it will target younger players comfortable using mobile devices from relatively lengthy play sessions. We have a new mobile game that we're working on, we haven't announced yet, that I'm in love with, he said. Uh, There are a couple of things you can approach on mobile. Now, I can give you the sort of classic mobile gaming thing and then do what we do. You know, classic mobile gaming is really for short play sessions because the amount of people you're going to get, the number have to be... Oh, shut up, Todd. I can't be bothered (laughs) to read the rest of that. I just thought it was funny that Todd said that he is in love with an unannounced mobile game, and I wondered whether he has a partner, what his partner would feel about Tom revealing that he's in love and uh, the sort of traits that he goes for. is that The things that Todd loves is that he wants to get younger players comfortable using mobile devices for le- relatively lengthy play sessions. I mean, that's a hell of a Tinder bio, isn't it? Simon, I know as a game publisher, someone who goes out, seeks video games and finds things that you love, that you've been in love with unpublished video games before. Yeah, but I wouldn't say that I'm in love with a a mobile game that targets younger players for long play sessions. No, all of your mobile games are over the age of consent. Right. (laughs) Exactly. It sounds creepy. It sounds creepy. Uh, Yeah, I am... Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have to love the games you publish, so I'm not... Um, it was just the description of it, Steve. That was all. I thought that was funny. Like I say, you know, you meet somebody in a bar. What's what's your type? I like <laughs> lengthy play sessions on mobile. Do you, Todd? Good. Don't use that as the audiogram, please, pickaxe. I'll get in trouble. All right. Is that all of the news? It's all the news. Thanks, Simon. One Life Left Video Game News with Anne Scantleberry. Hello, my name's Alice and I'm a game designer and this is One Life Left. Alice, have you designed a game for us this week? Yes. What's the game called? Roll and Sleep. So if we roll, then it means that we're out of the game, and if we don't roll, then we're lucky because we're still in the game. So your new game is called Roll and Sleep. And to win, you've got to roll. And if you sleep, you... No, do not win. Okay. If you don't win, it means that you're rolling. And if you do win, it means that you're sleeping. Right, okay. Your game is called Roll and Win. And if you roll, you... No, go- no, roll and win. No, right, it's so. roll and sleep. So your game is called roll and sleep. And if you roll, you don't win. And if you sleep, you do win. So do you win every night? Every night. Every night, okay. Sounds very fun. Uh, what's what's the challenge in the game? That, we just... Um, I just don't want to tell you this. Okay. This what? is going to be pretty crazy. Why don't you want to tell me? Because it's going to be crazy. All right, well, thank you very much, Alice. I'm doing another one. What's it called? Um, ice cream. Ice cream, okay. What do you do in ice cream? So we have to try and put that um, white things that we, that we have in the rain of the pipes you have to put the right things that you have in the rain of the pipes yeah perfect uh what would you give your game out of 10 7 out of 10 have you got anything else you'd like to say no thank you bye happy christmas thanks alice (laughs) that was alice's uh sixth game design and uh (laughs) 
really felt like she was running out of steam at the end there. She wanted to continue, wasn't sure how to continue. And um, yeah, that's the final one I've got currently recorded. Although, if we do run out of content next week, I do have a 10-minute explanation of the plot of Frog Detective 3, um, which which is very Resonance FM. Um, so we will, <laughs> we'll see what happens last week, uh, next week. But luckily... We've got bonus Alice content this week, don't we, Simon? Very good. Very good. Hello, Alice. Hello. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your work and what you get up to. Um, Yeah, so um, where to start? Um, I make games about horses and I write about games with horses in them. And I I just just talk a lot about horses. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, um, so maybe... um, to, to start at the beginning, like I'm, I'm a game designer and producer, um, and I started doing, uh, like, started uh, launched a, a website called the Main Quest as a hobby project, um, and uh, the Main Quests, um, that's M A N E. Um, the Main Quest's purpose was basically to analyze horses in video games, tell people how horses work and why they often don't work that way in games, and um, review games about horses which is like a niche or aimed at uh aimed at kids primarily um and that's uh that kind of um started out as a little hobby project on the side and in the meantime i've um started actually working as a horse game producer at a company that makes horse games among other things so um it's nice. it, horse games have taken over my life what uh, so, so, so there must have been one horse in one game that prompted this journey which one was it which one it was... which, which one got you so angry you needed to start detailing how horses work oh my god there's so many like i mean there's i think like the website started around the time that um that actually Red Dead Redemption 2 was announced where the horses are really very good. I mean, they're not perfect. I also have like nitpicks with them, but um, definitely one of the positive examples. Um, so, and that commentary that I did uh, like uh, just on Twitter at the time um, and not not on my website yet, uh, that resonated really well with people. And one, one actually that kicked it off was that Kingdom Come Deliverance had a trailer where they advertised there's horse riding and their horses just didn't have any bridles on them where it was like why do you advertise horse riding when your models aren't even done that's weird um so that that uh that was what like but but honestly there's there's many things that kicked it off um there's also like just the fact that i, I didn't see anyone else talking about this and they were like but i want to talk about this so i started I, talking about it I think one thing twitter really likes is people really leaning into something that they don't know about necessarily and getting quite angry or at least passionate about it which is something you did around the time of red dead redemption and on subsequent games uh, as well and it's it's a good example of you leaning into something that you really really care about as well right yes absolutely that's that's basically that's basically how this all got started i started commenting on um individual horses in games or like some old horse games i was like this was good. Why doesn't it exist anymore? Or like, why doesn't anybody make this but new and better? Um, and uh, definitely, one of the feedbacks I got a lot was like, "I don't know anything about horses, but this is interesting." And uh, that's mostly that's mostly because yeah, I've I've, I've been um, loud and passionate about this um, and what uh, sort giving, of, and, um... and educating people on the side. Like, so what? So what sort of things should we be looking out for? What sort of things should we be demanding of our horses in games? I think it would be nice if their joints bent the right way around com- compared to real horses. Um, that's one of the things that uh, games keep getting wrong, unfortunately. I mean, not not all of them, of course, but it, it's it's more common than you'd think um, for games to just get very basic horse movements wrong, or like that the gates are wrong, like that. Uh, for example, for for years, one of the most popular um, like Unity asset packs, uh, like animated horse asset just had a walk that was wrong like the horse moved the two diagonal leg pairs at the same time which is not how a horse walks it's just like a horse's gait is like walk is a four beat and every leg is moved individually um and that was just wrong and of course as a result lots of games used just a horse that walked wrong um because who questions an asset pack when when 
an asset pack says like, here's an animated horse. You don't go like, is this really though? Um, <laughs> so uh, that was that's led to issues, and that uh, that asset pack is still very popular and still has a bunch of issues, even though they fixed their walk now. I'm um, I'm currently playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and that's got a horse in it. Is that mm-hmm. am I am I am I okay? I haven't noticed anything wrong with it. Is that is uh, honestly? How, how that... dare you? <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm joking. Um, so I haven't played Odyssey. Um, but what I what bothers me about Assassin's Creed is that, um, or like the recent Assassin's Creed games is that you have these super detailed and high fidelity character models by now. Like the the characters and faces and animations are really top notch, and the horses just still look like they just look they just look five years out of date like at least um they also have not updated their um their horse models for the recent few games i think it's it's been the same since origins i believe um so origins odyssey and um valhalla have been using the same horse model even though for example um that the type force would be roughly accurate for the odyssey um like setting uh more or less but completely not the type of horse that um would have been ridden in the time and place that valhalla um yeah plays out so um i i just think assassin's creed sort of treats its horses a bit um they're obviously not a priority which it's it's fine i realize not everybody has horses as their priority all the time i heard it exists (laughs) Um, but um it's just it's it makes me not want to play the, like i don't want to play these games for the horses and also i i barely find the time for big triple a open world games because it's just i yeah i don't <laughs> time and patience and all that i'm gonna um, i'm gonna pay pay closer attention to it when i fire it up later do do the horses come when you whistle them in real life because my one does in assassin's creed <laughs> um, odyssey straight away Wherever I, think, it is. I think you can train horses for that. So I don't think it's completely unrealistic. Um, but it's away. also it's also definitely one of those things where I'm like, I don't care if that's accurate because it's obviously convenient. Like I'm not I'm not somebody who goes like, this horse doesn't actually need to eat hay all the time or it gets sick. Like <laughs> I mean, it, I, I I recognize that games make adaptations between like real life and game mechanics i do understand that and i think some of those some of those changes are very like make a lot of sense um that is a good point i haven't i haven't something that i complain about i haven't ever i've not seen my horse in um assassin's creed do a pong (laughs) so to speak um but you you've um you've made a bit of a rod for your own back then i guess if as, as as a critic of horses in games and then you then make horse games yourself yeah. Uh, so, I mean, is, is is that more difficult because of your work, because of what you say publicly about other horses? Have you had anybody call you out on your? I mean, your yes, definitely. Horses? Uh, well, uh, not not so much. I mean, people aren't uh, the like our game, uh, Horse Tales Emerald Valley Ranch, was just released uh, early November on uh, PC and PC, PlayStation, and uh, Nintendo Switch. And there's definitely been people that were like, after all this complaining this is what you do because I, but not really about the horses. The complaints I've seen are mostly about like, um, or like we are, we, we all much like Callisto protocol. We are currently at mixed reviews on steam. Um, okay. <laughs> and the, the, um, the complaints are more like sort of about scope overall. We are also working on some, uh, like bug fixing. That's, uh, that, that was, uh, definitely necessary. Um, but, uh, people don't really complain about the horses more like I wanted this game to be better to which, you know, like, yeah, I know. <laughs> me too. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, timelines and budgets exist, um, and uh, those can't be over overridden with uh, with passion alone. Um, so yes, definitely. Like s- since I've done a lot of complaining about horses in video games, people also thought that I would definitely not make any of the, uh, like my game would not have any of the issues that I've ever complained about, which is unfortunately unrealistic. Um, <laughs> Though, of course, like in in the future projects that I'm uh, that I'm basically part of from the very beginning, I'll have I'll have an, another chance to to avoid some stuff um, that uh, that I see like other games getting wrong. Um, so, are you are you are you able to talk about those future projects? What is next for you? Um, not yet, because it's like the game was just released, and we have uh, we're, we. Uh, the company is working on other projects as well, which is why we're not uh, not very far yet on future horse game projects. So this is very much like early concept stage at the moment. Um, but um, I think 
it's it's not a secret to say that like I'm at Azir for the horse games and I'm still at Azir, so <laughs> things things might happen. Um, There's an exclusive for you there, <laughs> listeners. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us, Alice. How do we how do we keep up with your work? How do we follow you? Um well you can go to themainquest.com. Like I said, that's M A E M A N E. Um and you can uh, follow I'm I'm still on Twitter, even though I know I've ever ever Half of all game devs have left, but I'm. Uh, I was. Been they haven't left. They accounts. haven't left. What yeah. what what I like about uh, game de- half of game dev Twitter who claim that they left is they, they still pop back to advertise what they're doing on Twitter. Like, aren't you yeah. on Ma- aren't you on Mastodon now? I thought you were going to Mastodon. <laughs> Why don't you talk about your new game over there then on Mastodon, where you say we all have to go? Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving Twitter. Are you all still here? <laughs> then read about my new game. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Exactly. So since I don't have the uh, like capacity right now to cross-promote other accounts as well, I'm still on Twitter where you can find me at Malice da Firenze. So that's, yeah. Go- or you can Google my name. You find you find my website and my links that way too. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Are you sticking around for the rest of it? I know there was some debate whether you had to go and do meetings. Or do you want us to join your meetings? We're quite happy to. Um, no, actually, I just, I've been, I've been, checking the whole time if uh, i got a response but actually no i've uh, been able to delay that uh, to to cancel that one meeting that i thought uh, i'd have to go to so no i'm what, i'm good what were you going to be talking about i, I can't tell you what my internal <laughs> meetings are about sorry <laughs> perfect it, okay it it was horse game related it was okay. horse game related i i can i can uh, i can reveal that top secret information <laughs> let's try and push some of that content into our letters section. Simon, I haven't even looked whether we've got any letters. Uh... Uh, we don't have any letters. We do need to get back to Resonance to confirm our place in 2023 schedule. I haven't done uh... that. I'll do that now. Um, so there's, uh, that's the only correspondence that we've had that we can. Apart, that's not a press release. Have you checked the Discord? Uh, I was looking at. I was just trying to confirm our place in the residence schedule for oh, next sorry. year. Actually, uh, in the Discord, uh, there is in the mailbag. Uh, Tony wrote. No, that was that. When was that? Yeah, Tony wrote after, after yeah. the last show. Uh, dear team, and perhaps super special guest. After seeing the attached quote from a Digital Foundry piece on some new game, I was thinking about memorable video game uh, controversies, like a claim offering to pay for speeding fines earned on the way to buy Burnout 2, or a claim giving prize money for naming your baby Turok, or a claim trying to buy advertising space on tombstones. Anyway, what gaming con- controversies do you remember fondly, and do you think that in 20 years' time it will be a game had an unexciting set of resolution options? Optional other question, in case the controversies were too controversial to mention on air in a radio show and also podcast, has any game ever had what you would describe as an exciting set of resolution options so uh the quotes he mentions is from digital foundry where they are talking about uh controversial unexciting set of resolution options it doesn't name the game (laughs) so uh i'm I'm unfamiliar with uh, unfamiliar with what that game uh is uh so i can't tell you how controversial it is uh controversies i was talking about these uh only this week and because i was chatting about the guy one of the guys that used to do the PR for Acclaim who did all that stuff, they also did, um, they bought a load of fuel um, at a petrol station in North London and gave away free petrol and caused uh, chaos, and traffic jams. They also um, said they were advertising on pigeons uh, during Wimbledon. Now, the truth about many of these stories is that they didn't do them. Mm. All they had to do was say that they were doing them and people wrote about them and then talked about them on the radio show many, many years later. Um, what have I done? I I once had to explain to Activision what a podcast was, Steve, when I was working on the Guitar Hero games and we were sponsoring <laughs> One Life Left. And they didn't know what a podcast was. Probably for the best. Uh, for the <laughs> best. Um, and then you forgot to invoice us, so I don't think we ever paid uh, One Life Left at the time. Um, I did get in trouble for sticking some uh, plastic uh, tabs on a Jimi Hendrix st- statue in the Isle of Wight, which uh, was completely done with everybody's permission. But by the time the story had reached America, they thought I'd desecrated his grave. Genuinely, <laughs> genuinely true. Uh, when I hadn't, I'd stuck five coloured plastic tabs 
actually the what the uh, the controversial thing about that should have been it was the wrong make of guitar for the game i was promoting um but instead uh what else what else have we done i once tried um to beam the uh, the villain of Commander Conquer onto the eclipse when it happened uh, many, many years ago. We were going to project it onto the shadow. Um, uh, we were working with the guy who ended up uh, founding Devolver um, at the time. He was he was at uh, EA. I think we were doing it with EA at the time. And he'd given us full permission to go and beam the face of Cain onto the eclipse when the, when the sky darkened. Fortunately, we pulled out of it a couple of days beforehand because you needed to guarantee that there'd be low-level cl- cloud. That's what you'd actually project onto. Um, and we weren't. it was going to cost quite a bit of money, and we weren't certain we were going to be able to do it. Um, it turns out there was low-level cloud. I'm really glad we didn't do it because we would have just ruined the eclipse for everybody. <laughs> uh, any other? Anything else? Any other awful PR stunts you can remember? I I can't remember any and I suppose that is part of the the point here right all of that stuff is quite transient that it kicks up a fuss in the papers for a few days and then it passes and it's uh it's very rare that uh people people remember it. in fact the only ones that I can remember are things like uh, I remember Dead Island um kicking up lots of fuss over the uh, nude zombie torso that it bundled with the game. Yeah. And the reason I remember that is because it's a lyric in Marioki, which is basically <laughs> how I how I remember all of the things that happen in video games these days. They're just charted in that important historical record um, of our silly songs about games. Uh, I think that's it. I can't be certain where um, Robert Wells' uh, letter came from or if we even read it out last week. <laughs> Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. Let, let us know, Robert. But if you want to write to One Life Left, you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com or dropping your message in the Discord. And please, when you do that, just let us know somehow whether we should read it <laughs> on the next show, like where where it is, because we get very easily confused. Um, yeah, thank you. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show uh, broadcast on the best radio station in the world and has been doing that for 17 years. And we'll do it for another one if Simon remembers to reply to that email. Have you done oh, it yeah. already? Uh, no, I was halfway through it. I had to put my name in. Right, you got distracted. And then I got a bit confused. Um, oh. You can also find us as a podcast at www.onelifeleft.com. Um, that podcast has been put together by Pickaxe and our wonderful producer, Phil, who isn't here right now, but trusts us to do this on our own uh, more fool him. Now, also... Here's here's a question. Would you like to produce new episodes of One Life Left for the 2023 schedule? It has an asterisk next to it. (laughs) Uh, So, yes. Yes. There you go. Okay, cool. Uh, Simon, we've got a technical innovation this week. Oh, far away. So, over the last... You know, a couple of years you'll have noticed me fumbling, trying to direct people towards the Discord, saying, yeah, you can find the link in the show notes or you can find the link on the Twitter or somewhere, you know, just ask one of us, we'll invite you personally. Well, now we don't have to do that. You, as in you, Simon, or you, Alice, or indeed any of the listeners to the show can go to hello.onelifeleft.com. And that'll send Whoa. you to a link tree, which has all the important links for One Life Left, including a link to the Discord. So hello.onelifeleft.com, uh, and we'll see you on the Discord shortly. Good. I was just checking it out, Steve. Checking. What a technical marvel. Uh, it's link tree.7 out of 10. Yeah, I know, because someone else has already got, um, got onelifeleft.com. I know. Uh, sorry, linktree dot uh, dot com have, slash. Have we left. bagged? Have we bagged one life left on Mastodon for when we all get over there? <laughs> we have to bag. Or, or we gonna, bags it on all gonna, of the servers? Do you mean okay. gamedev.social? dev dot social? I don't to, know. I don't know how it works. Need to get over there for the next couple of weeks before everyone gets bored and moves back to Twitter. Um, yeah, there's also hello dot 
mario.ke for all of your marioki links so i really have done a little bit of uh, housekeeping this week haven't you been busy mm, seriously right i think it's time for the review section unless uh first simon you want to do, deal with the any other business of my headphones I was going to talk about that later. Um, I was going to mention at this stage, though, uh, that we, um, we Yogscast, and um, our charity partners uh, launched the uh, Jingle Jam um, last week on Thursday, uh, which is our... Uh, so not just the Yogscast. Many content creators are coming together to uh, stream for charity um, uh, across two weeks. If you donate over £35, you will get a huge collection of games. Um, uh, we got to a million pounds donated before midnight wow. on the first day, which we've never done before. Um, so that was brilliant. Thanks, everybody, for their support. Uh, but it will still be going by the time this show airs. Uh, if you're interested, head to jinglejam.com. Gonna say I'm gonna check it out at the moment and uh, see what's going on there. So jinglejam.co.uk. Uh, you see more details on the charities and uh, you can donate if you so choose. All right, thanks, Simon. It's time for the reviews. Now I was looking through the uh, games that I've played. Oh, Alice has just joined the Discord live on the this radio is- show. This is how we grow our social presence, isn't it? One by one. <laughs> so. um, yeah, I've, I was looking through the, the games that I've played this week, and it turns out I've played very, very few that I haven't played before. In fact, maybe none. Uh, I went back to Frog Detective 3, because while I said I'd completed it before, I hadn't actually done the post credit scene uh, where you receive another call on your phone. What happens next? Well, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it is incredibly wholesome. Uh, and the game concludes in a just a really nice way, the way the series should conclude. Uh, well, I don't know if it's the last game in the series. It does actually feel like she's saying, this is enough now. Anyway, it's excellent. Uh, brilliant, brilliant fun. Uh, 7 out of 10. I also went back to Alba, uh, the game that we've talked about on the show. Us two games. Lovely Alba. Exploration. Lovely, of an island. lovely hadn't been back to that island for a few months but it was very easy to pick up where i'd left i really enjoyed that as well seven out of ten to that but i think that's basically it for me simon alice what have you been playing i have been playing potionomics um which is a like um deck builder store management potion brewing game and um I've been enjoying it a lot. I had to start over because I, on my first run, I was so bad at it. Um, or like just basically learning how to play it, but the game doesn't forgive you for learning how to play it. Like if you make mistakes in your first few days of playing, you're going to be feeling them for the rest of the of like the, the game. So I was I was struggling a lot at first, and I had to start over. Uh, but now now I feel very competent. So like now that I'm uh, now that I restarted with a bit more bit more clue of what I'm doing, I'm having a lot of fun. So it's uh, it's very. Um, uh, I, I heard from uh, friends of mine who've been working, uh, sorry, playing this game that it is indeed a lot like work. That it's the sort of game that it helps if you have a spreadsheet open uh, while you're playing. I don't I don't do I'm I'm, an, I'm not a spreadsheet kind of player, but I definitely like the the, the downside is or, or like <laughs> the, the crushingly realistic part of Potionomics is that. Everything you do happens on a timer, and your like time always moves. Or like actions consume time slots, and even like hanging out with NPCs um, to build relationships and uh, like get help from them. That that also confuses. Uh, that also consumes time slots, um, and you get stressed from selling your potions. So you have to go to bed early in order to like build build down like in order to get rid of that stress level. Um, so this is all just. Um, there's there's a few there's a few a few things that are really realistic like you need to work so much and you don't have time to relax and you like time keeps moving and you don't you can't go back and fix mistakes you've made in the past like it's um, that's a lot less forgiving than I than I thought it might be considering like it looks very colorful and sweet and the the writing is rather like the writing is really wholesome um, but um, yeah very unforgiving if you if you mess anything up. All right, Simon, what have you been playing this week? Uh, Still playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. As I mentioned, um, I doubt I'll finish it before next week, so (laughs) we'll be talking about it then. The last show of the year. We don't have the time for anything else, Steve, do we? We don't. um, I assume next week, Simon, uh, you'll have more detail to pass on about Assassin's Creed Odyssey's horses. You'll have been paying 
oh, extra absolutely. attention to those. I'm not going to travel by horse ever again after what I've heard. <laughs> disgusted yes. with it. Uh, Alice, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. Um, it's been thank super you so much fun for having me. Uh, remind people where they can follow you on Twitter or whatever other social thing you're on. Uh, yeah, mo- mostly Twitter. You can find me at Malice da Firenze, which is, by the way, that's an Assassin's Creed reference. So I, I did love Assassin's Creed back in the day. <laughs> but now you know better. Now you can't believe no, that you've seen I, them I, the, the games have just gotten too big for me. I don't even mind anything they do. It's just I don't have time. Understandable. Right. Uh, that's the end of the show. Simon, uh, any last words? Yep. Yeah, uh, please send us some, uh, send us some stuff uh, for final show of the year next week. We'll see you then. Until then. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.